I'm gonna lift up Jesus I'm gonna lift up Jesus I'm gonna lift up Jesus Singing glory, hallelujah Be exalted in this place, God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness. May our words and through our lives we testify. Be exalted in this place, God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. Oh, your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness. May our words and through our lives we testify. I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Yes, I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Yes, I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus, 
Yes, I'm gonna lift up Jesus. I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Father, tonight we do sing glory, hallelujah. We glorify you, Heavenly Father. We worship you in this place tonight. We give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. We need you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for opening our spiritual eyes to see. Open our ears to hear from the living word of the Father tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm glad you're here. I've been wanting to, we've been on a series. It's really difficult to teach once a month when you want to stay on one subject. It really doesn't give it enough you know, when you, you need to do it more, have more teaching services. But tonight I just was impressed because as the church is growing, everybody comes from a different background. We were raised Methodist, Catholics, right? Baptists, any Baptists, ex-Baptists? How many Catholics? One, two, oh, okay, quite a few. You were Catholic? Heathen? How many heathens? Listen, we're all heathen until we meet Jesus. But you know, heathens are a lot easier to minister to than religious folk. Because they have all these preconceived strongholds. Amen. So, let me review quickly. And our goal tonight is, if you've not been filled with the, with the Spirit of God, this is your night. And just as you receive Jesus by faith, it's no different. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. It's all the same. Amen. So our purpose is to help you understand there are two separate and distinct works of the Spirit of God. Most Christians don't know this, but you do. Amen. Two distinct works. After you're born again, the Spirit of God works within you to develop godly character. That's where we get the nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Then after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are empowered, say empowered, for service. Okay? So there's a dual working. I want you to look in your Bibles. I hope you brought your Bibles tonight in John chapter 4. And you know the story, the woman at, at the well, the Samaritan woman met Jesus Jesus basically read her mail, told her how many husbands she had, got her attention. But in verse 13, we see this, the first working of the Holy Spirit within. It says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a what? 
a fountain of water, fountain of water or a well springing up into everlasting life. Then look at John chapter 7. John 7 verse 37. Then it says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers. Still water, but it's not a well of water anymore. It's a river. Okay? Rivers of living water. Then we read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you don't need to turn there, let me read it to you. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit is synonymous with power. You have the Holy Ghost, you've got power especially after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the water in the well is for your benefit. The water in the river is for blessing others. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to empower you for service. Now, do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. No, because you're born of His Spirit. And, and knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior is number one. That's the most important thing. But I'll tell you what. See, Kathy and I, we're, we're 64 years old. I'm almost 64. I married an older woman by a few months. We grew up at the end of the charismatic revival. Okay? Now, the charis- charismatic revival hit hit planet Earth, and you saw people from denominations get saved and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, she got saved when, well, she was backslid, basically, had a car accident. And the preacher, the Methodist preacher, came to the hospital, and she, they thought it was your liver, wasn't it? Damage your liver, kidneys. And the preacher, which I, I like this, he says, I'm not praying for you. Do you make some changes in your life? Well, she must have, huh? That's a good man. That's a good man of God. Why should he waste his time praying for some rebellious individual that doesn't want God or the things of God? Well, later on, she she got filled with the Spirit. It was at the Methodist Methodist Church, standing around in a circle. You went to that. It was you? Just you, didn't you? Went and knocked on the door, and what'd you say? There's something more, and I want it. And then he prayed for you. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. See, now, me, on the other hand, I grew up in the 70s. I was kind of rebellious. I've told you the story. A good friend of mine, he was a pastor, was on drugs and tried to commit suicide at 60 miles an hour, jumped out of the car, but lived. Went to Bible school, went to Rama. I heard about what happened to him. It got my attention. Well, I was living with a guy at the, that time, and, and he came to the house, Chad did, and, and uh, I'd been trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you notice that? I'd been trying. 
and I didn't understand the scripture. And Chad went, sat me down and he went through the scriptures like I'm doing to you tonight. And then he laid his hands on me and I was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in that heavenly prayer language. Now, that was the charismatic revival, which waned, basically. But we're going to see in the days ahead a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we're going to see a lot of people saved, a harvest of souls. And so we need to be prepared that, you know, these people not only get saved, but they get filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of these people that have come out of drugs, right? How You know stories, you know people, you have family that have been on drugs, alcohol, bound by addiction, and thank God for counseling. But what my heart, I really believe we're going to see the anointing and, and the power of God so strong, it's going to set people free. Just like that. And so, once the people get saved, they need to get filled with the right spirit. Amen. Now, we told you that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener. And he is our standby. And what he does initially when we get born again, he helps develop godly character. Now, there are a lot of people out there that don't have godly character. They, they're still filled with the Holy Ghost. But they're not doing much for God. You need godly character. You need the fruit of the Spirit. If you're going to be an effective witness, you have to have godly character. A lot of young people today, they don't understand godly character. But you've got to have that. Now, I want to read this to you, and it's just real short. It's a great book. I've had it for years. And the author says this. He says, somewhere, somehow in God's great and marvelous plan for his creation, your name came up. And God, in his eternal wisdom and counsel, laid out a perfect plan for your personal life. Then the Holy Spirit did a wonderful thing. He listened intently to every detail of your life as the Father planned your birth, your ministry, your prosperity, and every aspect of your redemption and personal life. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the one who's been put in charge of overseeing God's plan for your personal life. That's why you young ones need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you pray it out in the Spirit. No one can represent that plan better than he can. He was there. He heard God, the Father, plan every minute detail. And that's not all. This third person of the Godhead stands face to face and absolutely co-equal in every way with the other two members of the Godhead, the great Jehovah and the mighty Logos, Jesus. But upon your regeneration as a child of God, the Holy Spirit actually consented to take up residence within your spirit and to offer his services to you. That just blows my mind. I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit actually consented to take up residence within your spirit and to offer his services to you. And one of the main reasons he came was to pray for you. Why did God send the Holy Spirit to live inside you? So he could change you into the image of his son. And in order to accomplish that goal, the Holy Spirit brought his own prayer language with him. So he could pray for all that concerns you. 
With that prayer language, he gets involved directly with you in a one-on-one relationship that is independent of anyone else, even of your own mind. When the Holy Spirit prays for you, he takes the plan he hears the Father utter and pours it through your spirit. And the language he uses to express that plan as it flows through you is the supernatural language of tongues. Every time you give the Holy Spirit opportunity, he will use that language to pray for your calling, to pray out the plan of God, to edify you, to charge you with his holy power. He will lend himself to you as your faith allows him to be activated within your spirit. He will pull you out of everything Jesus sets you free from. And into everything Jesus says that you are in him. Bobby, were you pulled out of something? <laughs> well, that's why you pray in the spirit. He pulls you out. You pray in tongues. That brings you into all that God has planned for your life. If you want to, you can go in your room and pray in the supernatural language for two, four, even 12 hours. And God, the Holy Spirit, will create every single word that comes out of your mouth. Now, when I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was living at home. My father had passed away. Um, it wasn't long after that. And, and uh, I was going up to my bedroom on my knees, and I was praying hours in the Holy Ghost to the point where my mother told her sister, I'm concerned about my son. Well, I was doing the right thing because I, I, I prayed her in. I prayed Bible school in. Probably started even praying this in by the Spirit. Because your, your head can't do it. It is your choice to pray or not to pray. But every time you do choose to pray, you'll come out of, come out of that prayer time more edified in His plan and purpose for you than it, if you hadn't done it. God's plan for you is in the Spirit. Say that. God's plan for me is in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit is armed with the knowledge of everything he heard about God's redemption plan for you before the foundations of the earth. And every time he searches your heart, he does it with the intention to pray that plan, the mind of God concerning you, into existence in your life. That's why you young ones need to pray in tongues. Because you got a you got a lot ahead of you. Amen? You got a lot more years ahead of you than me. I might live to 150, who knows? Okay. Now what I want to do, I want to go through the scripture. I want you to look in Acts chapter one. And if you have your Bible, it'd be nice if you'd follow. We're going to be in Acts tonight quite a bit. We'll go kind of back and forth. But I'm going to give you seven steps to receiving the Holy Ghost, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do you need seven steps? No. You don't need any steps. But some of you have come out of denominations that, and have not had any teaching. You don't have a clue what I'm talking about yet. That's why I believe you've got to sow the Word of God because the Word builds faith in your heart. Then you can receive easier. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost when you're born again. In, in times of revival through the history, people came down to the altar, got saved, delivered, healed, and filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues all in one time. That's remarkable. That's the way to do it. Amen. 
her roommate in college got filled with the Holy Ghost while she was on the toilet between games, wasn't it, or something? Tulsa University. So don't put God in a box. God can do many things, exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Here, I want you to see, as God gave the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1. Now, you Lutherans never heard this before in Lutheran church. They don't teach this. Methodists don't teach this. Catholics don't teach this. And the Baptists certainly don't teach this. What, honey? Well, we were talking because, yeah. That's how my father got, Methodist father got filled with the Holy Ghost at a Catholic church when the priest laid his hands on him in the 70s. Charismatic revival. It says in verse 4, chapter 1, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Spirit, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, who said that? Jesus. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which fathers put in his own authority. But this is one one we quote all the time. But you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, people born again have the Holy Ghost. Don't, don't get confused about that. But there's a subsequent work of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God coming upon you, filling you. And you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So, power is associated with the Holy Spirit. And here's the other word in there. Witnesses. If you want to be an effective witness for Jesus, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's so important. Okay, look at chapter 2. Here we have the day of Pentecost. First one had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And what? Suddenly. I believe in the days ahead we're going to see some suddenlies. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, that probably would scare the the jeebers out of most people. I'm not going to get filled with the Holy Ghost because fire is going to be on me. Well, that's not so much literally a pillar of fire. Fire is associated with the presence of God. Wind is associated with the Holy Ghost. Okay? And they were all filled. Not some. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the what? Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave utterance. Okay? Let's uh, look at uh, chapter 2. Look at verse 32. Here's Peter's sermon, towards the end of Peter's sermon, and he's given this sermon. Because by now, all the people in the streets are all confused. They're wondering what's going on. It says, 
Peter says, this Jesus God has raised up with, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. Their consciences bothered them and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's what every preacher wants to hear. Then Peter said to them, what? Repent. And let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So what happened there? They got born again. They received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And the conjunction and. And you shall what? Receive the what? Gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the, this is a scripture you don't hear people other denominations pray or talk about it. it says for the promise is to you what promise the promise that i just read is to you and to your children and to all who are off far off as many as the lord our god will call so the promise of the holy spirit is a gift for every believer in every generation aren't you glad about that now I went to the bank today, got some money, because I want you to, just just as a an analogy to help you see this, I'm going to give you each a dollar. Is there four there? Okay. Or you just need, you just wanted an extra one, didn't you? You're, you got a preacher here. Hand those two down there, would you please? There's a dollar. Hand one back to Alan, would you? You want one? <laughs> I get to keep the change. I thought there'd be a few more here tonight, but that's all right. Now, I want you to understand this. What did I do? I gave you a dollar. Did you do anything to get that dollar? Did you? What? Well, I guess that's true. Did you have to do anything to earn that tonight? All you had to do was just what? Receive it. Okay. I was the giver. You were the receiver. And see, that's we make it so difficult. You know, these children down here, I love to watch them worship. But Brad, I got an assignment for you. Teach them how to clap. You're a drummer. You could help these children. They'll be warped for life if you don't teach them how to get her in there. with. Take my wife with you, too. But it, it blesses me. They're down on the ground, and 
you know, and, and they're worshiping God and, you know, it just tickles me because you, you're talking about Jackson got filled. Was it on a Sunday morning? He went home. Their little boy. You just all prayed. And he got, how, was it hard? How, just, what'd you do? Just present it? Okay. And they just did it. So easy. Did you notice something later when you went home? Or it was just life as usual? Or you could catch him jabbering once in a while? Or he's, well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's always jabbering. But now there's, there's, you know, potential in this jabber. Okay. But all you had to do is receive it. It's not a gift that you have to work for. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something you don't have to strive to be good enough to receive it. You and I can never be good enough. It's only the blood of Jesus that makes us the righteousness of God in Christ. All you got to do is be born again and receive it by faith. Now, you can keep that dollar, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with that dollar. You're going to give it to a child. You can give it to your child. And if you got more than one, then Mary Jane, you're going to have to come up with some more money. But you can pick one child, grandchild, neighbor child, and you, you don't even have to tithe on that. Just give it all to them. Will you do that? You guys are young enough. You can keep it if you want to. Uh, I know. You'll sew it. You'll sew. Yeah, that's, that's the way it should be. Okay. So I want you to see God gave this gift on the day of Pentecost. All right. Number two. Salvation is the only prerequisite. All you have to do is get born again. How many are born again? How many know Jesus is your... Okay, there you go. And number three, you need to expect to receive when hands are laid on you. Now, that's not the only way you can get filled with the Holy Ghost. But primarily, it can be through... I had a, a, my friend put his hand on me. And you need to understand there are ministers that have a special gift to to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Evangelists have a healing gift. Many of them have a gift to to get people born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and healed and delivered. But but you need to understand anybody could pray. Jackson Richard could lay his hand on you and you could receive and we're going to see that in the days ahead. I, I, I just believe that. One of these times I just believe I'm going to get a kid up here and they're just going to pray for people. I believe that with all my heart. So you've got to expect to receive. Look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Verse 14. There was a magician... Sorcerer, how do you say sor- I have trouble with that word. Sorcerer. Whatever. Let's call him by his name, Simon. <laughs> he practiced magic in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claimed that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest. This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip. Now, who was Philip? He was an evangelist. Amen. 
as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, predominantly, what does an evangelist get people to do? Get saved. Then Simon, the magician himself, also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the what? Miracles and signs which were done. Here again, the evangelist. Now, verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. In other words, they were born again. They were saved. They sent Peter and John to them. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Or get what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, why couldn't Philip have done that? Why did they have to send Peter and John? Because that was ministry they had. Remember I told you, different ministry gifts function differently. And they sent Peter and John. And when he'd come down, he prayed for them. For that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Shouldn't have done that. Saying, give me this power. So do you, you almost wonder if he was saved. Huh? Because well, I'll tell you, he wasn't interested in, in the Holy Ghost or people. He was interested in something that would make him money. Saying, give me this power also that anyone on, anyone on whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought the gift, the what? The gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. And if you look up matter, I think it's logos. In, in other words, this tongue, this word, because he, he was listening to them speak with tongues. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. So, you need to see that um, people have, ministers have a certain gifting to lay hands. Now, I believe I'm a pastor. I'm a five-fold ministry gift. I've prayed for people to receive the Holy Ghost. And we're going to pray for a lot more people in the days ahead. I said, we. <laughs> Not just the preacher, because I can't do it all. We're talking right now, Kathy and I have been talking. We can't do it all. Shouldn't have to. So it's my, and you need to pray for your preacher because you've got to understand, and most of you that have been here a long time know, if it don't get done, who does it? The preacher. But I, I can't do that anymore. And I've kind of gotten away from that. I've got to have people to do the work of the, uh, the ministry. Okay? But you can get people saved. You can get them filled. You can lay hands on the sick. Then, the fourth one. You need to see, look back at Acts 2. And then I'll review quickly and then we'll pray. Acts chapter 2, look at verse 4. The Holy Spirit, now listen, the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but you and I do the speaking. 
The Holy Spirit will give the utterance. But you have to yield your vocal cords. Because I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit, and you've heard this, he is a gentleman. He is not a demon that tries to take over. Far from it. That's why the Holy Spirit can be grieved so easily. The Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but you do the speaking. Acts 2.4, it says this, we read it, but I will read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak, say speak, with other tongues as the Spirit give, gave them utterance. Look at Acts chapter 10. We're just laying a scriptural foundation tonight. It's the word of God that builds faith in your heart to receive. Whatever, it could be healing, it can be salvation, it can be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here in Acts 10, verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, what? Fell upon all those who heard the word. I, I'm, I want that. I want the Holy Ghost to fall on Sunday morning. I want people laid out all over. Amen? And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the what? Gift, there's that word again, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out, out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen? Now, one more here. Look at Acts 19. Acts chapter 19. I want you to see the fact that the people do the speaking. Acts 19 and verse 6. This is when Paul was at Ephesus. Well, let me start with verse 1. It says, It happened while Paul's it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, listen to what their reply was. They said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So they needed to be educated. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues. And what else did they do? Prophesied. So that, that can happen. It says, now the man were all about 12 in all. So you see that. The Holy Spirit does not speak in tongues. We do. He gives you the utterance. There's a little girl years ago, and if you read the book on um, how to be led by the Spirit, he uses this, and it's a great example. She was, she was at a meeting or something, and the little girl got filled with the Holy Ghost, and she went up and she told her daddy, she says, my stomach's talking. Basically, because where's God, your spirit, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in other tongues, it's not mental. And and the thing is, and this is why I've gone over this through the years. If you don't have revelation that you're a spirit, 
you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body, you're going to have trouble. That's probably one of the first revelations I received as an ignorant Methodist boy. I had no idea that I was a spirit being created in the likeness of God. My spirit man has hands and arms and legs. You could take my spirit man out, and he'd look a lot younger, better looking, more hair. But it's, it's not a mental exercise when you pray in tongues. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We need to see that. We need to understand that. So the Holy Spirit does not speak in tongues. We do the speaking. Now, look at Luke 11. I'm almost done. Luke chapter 11. I'll never forget. I've told you this story, but you got to understand. And Rich, I'm not picking on you, but my mother was raised Lutheran. And we were gone, gone through Bible school, and she'd been through Oral Roberts, and I knew my mother needed to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And she would quit yanking that cigarette drawer out and smoking cigarettes. No. I'm the one that caused that. Um, but I sat, sat her down, and I'll never forget my mother. I can still see her, see her at the kitchen table. And I said, okay, Mom, I'm going to pray for you. Lay hands on you. You're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. And she's like this. <clears throat> now, can you receive <laughs> like you're constipated, you know? <clears throat> no. No. It's, it's she just, she needed to be taught. You know, she never did speak in other tongues, but she's with Jesus. My daddy did. Okay. Are you going to have to speak in tongues in heaven? No. Uh-uh. There's so much I wanted to talk about tonight, but this I wanted to concentrate on this. Luke 11, I want you to understand that, say this with me, God, the Father, only gives good gifts. Luke 11, this is a good scripture, in verse 11, it says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, 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 and see, when I was searching for it, I saw my father change, filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and I got saved, and I wanted it so bad. I was so hungry. In fact, that's why I struggle with why people don't want the things of God, but we're in a different time. I was still at the end of the charismatic movement. I wanted all of God. I still want. You, and you'll see me at times when I pray. It's, sometimes I pray, you, you think I was frustrated. Well, you're right. Because I want it. I want it all. I'm not satisfied. But here the scripture says, you know, if evil people know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him for it? Every good and perfect gift, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. See? So the baptism of the Holy Spirit's a good gift. And see, when you get a gift, all you have to do is receive it. Now look at Mark 16. 
then I'm going to tell you some specifics. Mark 16. This, <laughs> this has been through the years, generation after generation. And I know where this all started. But tongues is of the devil. Have you ever heard that? Well, I want you to read this in Mark 16. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What color is it in your Bible? What's that mean? That's right. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will what? Speak with new tongues. Who said that? Jesus. Is that, isn't that just simple? How is that of the devil? Then you're saying our Savior is a devil. And you're, you're revealing how stupid you are. Oh, that got a, that got a real good reaction there. Okay, would you come, please? I want to offer this to you tonight. Those of you, is there anyone here would like to have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? 